following program is a proud member of the Palava family of podcasts. Check out all the shows over at palava.com. That's P-A-L-A-V-I.com. Welcome to GleeCast, the somewhat occasionally weekly home of Glee and casting. Here are your hosts, Emily and Erica. Yes, here we are. Indeed, we are both here in the same room together. I'm Emily. Woo-hoo, I'm Erica. I have Mookie on my lap. Chaplin's over there. Uh, she's over there, and my neighbors are blasting their morning, Sunday morning, Christian feel-good music. Yo. So I think we're ready. Um, I'm sure they would have voted for Oral Intensity. Yes, they would have. Indeed. Uh, we're here to cover episode 16? 16. 16. Um, what was it called? It wasn't called Regionals, because oh. they already had that. You know what? I think I it was called know. Original Music, maybe? Original Music? I'll take a look. Region original music? Vamp. Vamp. Okay. Okay. Um, in the meantime, um, a couple of things in our introduction here. First off, uh, we hope to... Erica, Erica's raising her finger. She has something to say. <laughs> it was called original song. Original song. Okay. Not songs. No. Original song. But there were many original songs. There were two. Well, whoa, 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 whoa. Big Shoddy Mouth is going to be a hit single. You it wait is. and see. Um, we, a couple of things, uh, we hope to see a few of you this coming up weekend. Yes. By the time you hear this, you might I'll be I'll release it tomorrow. Packing. That's Monday. Yeah. Yeah. So, by it, get ready, those of you who are going to Horror Hound Weekend in Indianapolis. we are ready. We are. There's going to be karaoke. There's going to be karaoke. It's set. We have a place and a time and a uh, night. And, and, and we just need to hitch rides with people and we'll be there. Yeah. Indeed. Um... To visit us at palaver.com. That's P-A-L-A-V-R.com. Uh-huh, for our forums. A few things I wanted to address before we get into the episode was um, there was apparently a panel somewhere this week and stuff about Glee was discussed with producers and executive producers and stars and stuff. Um, a few things from Entertainment Weekly. They have a couple, like a little recap of the event. Uh, one bullet point I really like is that Naya Rivera said that the happy ending for Britannia would be for Santana to get Britney pregnant. Yes. Which would be pretty fabulous. That would be pretty great. Um, and Ian Brennan prefers the term Santitney, as do uh, we, yes. or at least me. Uh, there's some like minor spoilers, but they're not, they're not big spoilers. So I'll, I'll go through the ones that I think are a little fluffier that aren't as, you know, devastating to the plot um a fleetwood mac episode apparently oh they're gonna do one on the rumors album i don't know if i know that album i probably heard some of the songs i feel from like it. that's like the most popular album most most I likely but, yeah. but then again i don't really know my fleetwood mac clearly because i we thought they were like recording in 1995 week. uh hey. but, <laughs> <laughs> i know they did a re-release but no but a fleetwood mac episode which is kind of interesting something different for them um, Ryan Murphy discussing the mysterious New Directions piano player Brad and saying that his one note to the actor was that the character hated the Glee kids. Oh, which I, I don't get. I don't, I don't, I don't feel that. The Glee kids. So I think maybe he is doing his own. He's taking his own thing, directing himself. Yeah, Kristen Chenoweth is returning this season. Which is exciting. Um, Gwyneth Paltrow will likely come back in season three. Nice, indeed. Uh, and that Blaine is going to be a regular. Part of the main cast next, starting next season. So that's exciting stuff. Um, Mookie's clearly excited about that because yes. he's moving around excitedly. Uh, the other random Glee thing that I just learned this morning when I signed on to um, the interwebs is uh, the Victoria Jackson thing. Yeah. That's which is weird. weird. Um, I mean, this week, we'll get into the episode, but it was, 
it really wasn't a controversial Glee episode no. in this day and age, 2011, for those listening in the future and wondering when we recorded. <laughs> uh, it's really not weird to have a gay couple kissing on 8 p.m. television. Like, no. I think we're at a point where that's not weird anymore. But Victoria Jackson, who some of you might remember from Saturday Night Live in the 90s when it was good, and others of you, the smarter of you, would remember from a little film called UHF. You've seen <laughs> UHF, right, Erica? Yeah, yes. Really? No, I haven't. Oh, my God. <laughs> what? Get out right now. Um, the world should see UHF because it's great. Except for the fact that Victoria Jackson, who was a co-star in that movie, um, apparently had this to say on her blog or website or forum, wherever she writes, quote, unquote, did you, um, should I do the Victoria Jackson squeaky voice? Sure. Okay, Go wait. for it. Ahem, hang on. Ahem, ahem. I don't think I can do it. I can try. Did you see Glee this week? Sickening. And besides shoving the gay thing down our throats, they made a mockery of Christians. Again. I wonder what their agenda is. Hey, producers of Glee, what's your agenda? One-way tolerance? That wasn't a very good impression of Victoria Jackson. But what the, what the fuck is up with yeah. Victoria Jackson? Well, crawled up her ass and died. I don't know. But world, we just want you to know that Victoria Jackson's an idiot. And if you would like to, I don't know throw tar at her house please do <laughs> and then feather it tar and feather her house yes um i have a news story that i forgot about please did you hear what dave grohl said i don't know who do dave you know grohl who, is oh, okay. so no that was my next if question. he said something i probably he's, wasn't listening because um, i didn't think he was important he's the lead singer of the foo fighters and he was the oh. drummer in nirvana mm. he's a totally awesome okay. guy so he's and cool he's, quote he's, quote. no but he's an incredible musician and i i heart him big time but um I'll just read the story. Foo Fighters frontman Dave Grohl said he and his band members harbor no interest in appearing on Glee. And if the show's creator, Ryan Murphy, dislikes that, well, fuck that guy. <gasps> in quotes. Wow. See, but let me finish the story. Because see, like as much as I'm sad that Dave Grohl does not like Glee, he actually <laughs> has a point. So, Okay. The former Continue. Nirvana drummer is the latest rocker to step into the licensing battle with Glee. Previously, Kings of Leon and Guns N' Roses guitarist Slash have entered into wars of words with Murphy over the unwillingness to allow their music to be used for the program. Grohl spoke with The Hollywood Reporter following the premiere of the, premiere of the Foo Fighters documentary at South by Southwest. Um, and this is, quote, it's every band's right. You shouldn't have to do fucking Glee, he said. And then the guy who created Glee is so offended that we're not, like, begging to be on his fucking show. Fuck that guy for thinking anybody and everybody should want to do Glee. As for the show itself, Grohl seemed to, uh, to, seemed to have given it an earnest try to no avail. I watched 10 minutes. He said it's not my thing. But I think he definitely has a point. Like, yeah. just because it's Glee, you shouldn't be... No, I don't think there's any obligation for any musician to license their music to be covered. Yeah. yeah. It's the same for films. Because, you know, there are films that... Like, it's the whole remake issue, which I'm on the line of, eh, anything can be remade. It might be turned into shit, but the yeah. original's always there. You can always go back to it. Sometimes it's offensive when they remake something for the wrong reasons or produce the wrong thing. But, you know, it, it is in ultimately in the hands of whoever owns it. And yeah. so I'd say the same for music. I think there's, you know, I mean, it was something that, um, like, I'm surprised to hear Beatles on Glee because after Paul McCartney got essentially burned by Michael Jackson, yeah. buying his music and selling it for, you know, commercials and everything, I really thought that they were much, that especially Paul McCartney was much more protective of his songs. Um, you know, and... I mean, I love covers. I know Outside the Cinema did the big, um, their live show on cover songs. Yeah, their top ten cover songs. Right. And I mean, I, I, I think cover songs are some of my favorite music is cover songs just because it's an interesting thing and essentially that's what Glee does. But yeah, it's not, 
your you know it's your choice and if yeah, it's your music then it's totally your choice to so it. yeah so that was my I, that's for the first big news story i brought to the table way to go erica whoa, i'm like a kid reporter whoa, whoa all right so the episode should we just dive in yeah let's do it okay so this episode was original music um this was song original song damn it um you see what i mean because i'm thrown off by the non-pluralness of that um but okay getting into the glee cap dig out those foam hands kitties it's regionals new directions needs to find a new direction when will receives a cease and desist letter from my chemical romance courtesy of sue's 90s sexcapades at a drummer rally all isn't lost as the kids tap into their inner Paul Williams and crank out a few personal tunes, none of which quite captures the competition until Rachel, prompted to tears by Quinn's admission of Quinning Thin, finds her lyrics and gets it right. The rest of the Glee Club harness all their hard feelings brought on by everyone's favorite cheerleading coach slash self-confidence killer and end up with a bouncy and personal tune. On the other side of town, the warblers mourn the passing of Pavarotti and the idea that Blaine is all they need to win. Blaine surrenders his solo monopoly and heart to duet with Kurt in more wonderful ways than one. It pays off romantically, not competitively, as New Directions dances their way off with a big regionals trophy. Kurt and Blaine bond over Pavarotti's grave, and Rachel gets yet another gold star for being talented. Confetti was tossed, young love lost, and rhinestones raise the cost of the budget on Glee! So, comparing the, the, the... Hard part thing I think about this episode was even though it's not the season finale, was really hard to not compare it to last year's regionals, which was such an like an emotionally wrenching episode where I felt like I was sobbing throughout the entire run and there was so much more at stake just because you didn't know if they were gonna win. Technically, if they lost, which they did, they were going to lose Glee yeah. Club. And whereas this one, you just, you know. Like we said last week, it's March and they're doing regionals. We know they're going to win or something will happen to continue the season, but they're probably going to win. So it, it took a lot, I think, out of the sort of, um, emotional impacts. But I, that being said, I enjoyed a lot about this episode. I liked a lot. Um, I actually, I enjoyed the pacing of this episode. I mean, that was one of my biggest complaints about last regionals episode was that I felt the pacing was all off and it, it just felt very convoluted to me. Mm -hmm. Um, and it actually worked out. Mike wanted to watch the regional episodes like last week. So I actually watched oh, it last week and okay. then watched this one this week. Um, and yeah, watching them closer together, it, it helped me refresh my memory too. And I just, I still, even like, you know, the third, fourth time I watched that episode, I still felt like the pacing was weird, but I mm-hmm. really enjoyed the pacing this episode. I think it worked a lot better. Okay, you know, I there was, there was a much shorter amount of time before we got to Two the readings. songs. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and I mean, it, we, we open on a song, too, yeah. which I think they haven't done in a while. Yeah. And it's, which has generally been fine because it's been more like, the songs I think have been much more organic to the story. And so not having that big production number right at the start, we haven't needed it. But this week, like it, this episode kept moving because yeah. there were so many songs and they like, the, and they weren't complete songs. They were no. like snippets of, you know, fake songs, essentially. Um, but I think that helped and yeah, I would, I would agree with that note about the pacing. Although the ending, I mean, kind of jumping to the ending when it ended and I feel like Glee does this all the time. It ends and you know, it's the end of the, um, episode because it always goes immediately into download music from this yeah. week's Glee. And when that happened this week in particular, I was like, oh, it's over. <laughs> like it's, and I don't know what that says about the episode or what I was expecting to still happen. 
I think I felt like it was a finale, even though it's in no way a finale. Um, but it, that definitely jarred me. It was like, and both times it happened too. I was like, oh yeah, it's over now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's get all the squealing out of the way. Okay. Curtain blaying. <laughs> Everyone was so cute. So excited. It was. And it was done really well. It was. Cause you could, I, uh, I can't express how much I love Blaine because, and so Darren Chris or whatever his name is, just, I loved watching him act while yeah. Kurt was singing Blackbird. Like, um, my computer just went dark. It scared oh, me. Dear. Okay, still recording. Yeah, we're still recording. <laughs> um, it just decided to go to sleep. As much as Erica and I like talking to each other, we don't usually just have to do with microphones <laughs> in our hands. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I just well, you know, and we'll talk about it again when when we talk about the songs. Yeah. But just watching his face, I w- I was yelling at Mike while I was watching it. I was like, he's falling, he's falling in love with him. I was. I didn't see it the first time, oddly enough. I don't know why. Maybe because I was like kind of taking notes as I was watching it the first time. Uh, Because the first time, like, I was just listening. I'm like, oh, I love when Kurt sings. But the second time around, I'm like, Oh yeah, He's you can see it. In love like, with him. And it makes I sense because yeah, then out. when he says like Kurt, there comes there's a moment when you look at somebody and you know like I love you, and you saw that, and you saw it in Darren Chris's face, and and he he, he handled it so well, mm-hmm. and the and kiss the was so <gasps> nice. Because <laughs> he like reached yeah. up and grabbed and him. Because and even like before he even reaches up, just the hand, like the what do I do with my hand? Because yeah. Kurt really it's has his to be first kissed. Kiss. Kurt's first yeah. kiss was getting kissed by the homophobic bully. Yeah. Um, and or, so, well, just, he made out with Brittany last season. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I forgot about that. But it was definitely like the first like kiss Real that meant kiss. anything yeah. to him. And oh, just like so watching like his hand, like when he like he didn't know what to do with his hand, and then he brings it up to Blaine's face was so sweet. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, and it was like just so that good. moment was just like. Sh- and I know on Twitter because um, I wasn't on Twitter when I was watching the episode, but I went on after, and I saw like trending topics. One of them was they kissed. The two trending topics from Glee were Big Chowdy Mouth, which is awesome, <laughs> and They Kissed. And I click on it because I'm just curious what people were saying. And, like, most people were like, oh, it was so great. I'm so glad they kissed. And other people were like, who kissed? Which is <laughs> really amusing. Like, who is they of They Kissed? But it was, like, it was a nice moment. And I feel like a lot of like, it and resonated with a lot of viewers out there who were just yeah. like, yay. And they took their time with it. This whole season's kind of been leading up to it. But the, but they were like teasing us too, like with the mm-hmm. the gap episode. Like maybe it's not right. going to happen. Like right. maybe they're just maybe yeah maybe he's else and just like a, a, I keep going to say guidance counselor, or mm-hmm. but that's not what I want to say. Maybe he's just like he's just a mentor, be like a mentor. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, it worked. And I think uh, um, as much as Glee is sometimes wacky about how they pace relationships. And they, they're hit and miss with some. Like, I feel like they've been really hit with um, Puck and Lauren. Right. And I feel like in this case, too, like, they... And I think maybe they just really knew going in, like, we want to handle this relationship right. Because it's, it's going to be a big thing for us. It's going to be our big story of the year. Like, we want to make sure this is believable and, and hits home. And I totally think they hit a home run with it. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we'll see where it goes. Like, I feel like they're just going to let them be a couple for a long time, which I mm-hmm. think is awesome. Um, but it was just... Yeah, it just felt really good and felt really right, I thought. And I really, um, I love when shows take the viewers' criticisms and put them into the mouths of their characters. Oh, totally, which they do immediately with Kurt. Yeah, they yeah. when, you know, Kurt's like, it's it's Blade and the Warblers, you're the only one who sings, right. blah, blah, blah. I thought that was great. And then I love, um, 
I also like in return when they use a character to tell the viewer something. So like the funeral scene for Pavarotti, Blaine's like, we lost, but you know, we still have, but there's have so many there. gaps and there's, there's still <laughs> so many old so person too. homes. So they were kind of telling us like, don't worry, we're not going to let them fall by the wayside. Right, right, right. You're still going to see Blaine and Kurt in the Warblers. Yeah. And yeah. They're still part just, of the show. I loved it all. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was just happy with it. Yeah. It was great. Um, the first and, time I watched it, I didn't, I guess like, I think I just didn't watch it as closely as I normally do on the first watching because when Kurt walked in with Pavarotti, I must have, because it was such a quick death. <laughs> that, like when he walks in, I was like, holy fuck, Kurt killed Pavarotti. Because <laughs> I really thought like that was his way of changing things. And then the second time I'm like, oh no, oh, the bird really did The bird stroke. just dropped dead. Yeah. Yeah, I was watching that scene, and I was like, oh, my God, the bird's going to die. And then the bird just <laughs> dropped in, and I was like, fuck. Even with his Burberry cover, co- yeah. uh, cover, Pavarotti was not long for this world. No. It was – that whole storyline was just great. Yeah. Yeah, it's very sweet. All right. The only – I mean, there was – only other characters that really had any kind of story in this one was sort of the Quinn, Rachel, Finn triangle. Yeah. Uh, so Quinn uh, – we're – they're – Going back to making, although, no. Okay, they started off where they're going back to making Quinn kind of the cheerleading bitch. Right. Like, all she wants to do is be prom queen because she'll live five years longer. Um, But then I thought they did bring it to a good point when she has that scene with Rachel where she says, like. Intention-wise. Yeah, absolutely. Because it starts off with you're like, oh, Quinn's back to being a bitch. Yeah. Okay. But then the scene with Rachel I thought was great where she says to Rachel, look, like, you're going to get out of here. You're going to go do other things. I'm going to graduate and marry Finn and become a real estate agent and have kids. Like, yep. that's my life. Give this to me. Don't take this away from me. You're going to go do other things. And I actually really did like that. And I thought it was very strong and believable. And it made perfect sense for the characters because I think it's very true. Yeah. I'm, it's definitely true. The characters, we got that all through the first season. Mm-hmm. That, you know, Rachel always said she's going somewhere. She's leaving here. Right. She's not going to stay here. Except that Finn also has that ambition. Yeah, and they haven't gotten back to that. No. And it's it's odd with Quinn, too, because, I mean, Quinn could get out. Like, all of them seem to be smart kids. They're all probably going to go to college. You know, so it is that, I don't know why they're, I don't know. I mean, again, like, we're not really from small towns. Like, we're from the suburbs, blah, 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 blah. it's Long Island, you're near New York, blah, blah. like, there's not that sense of being trapped, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but they definitely make it come off like if you live in a small town in Ohio and oh the worst thing in life is to be stuck in that small town in Ohio and I, I don't know it, it 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 comes across as really sad but I don't know if it has to and I don't know I'm not sure I, I the first time I watched it I found it really sad what she said yeah um and but, I think it's then, meant to be but then it almost seems like she's content with that and she wants that right so which is fine but I don't know if Finn does. And I guess that's the question is, is Finn going to take over Bert's shop and live in Ohio the rest of his life? Yeah, because we what saw the whole first yeah. season. He was like, I have to get a scholarship. I have to get out of here. Right. Now my girlfriend's pregnant with him. What am I going to do? Right. Like, and it was, was really, really sad. He was like, oh, shit, he's not getting out. But now I don't, I don't know what it – I guess I want to know where Finn fits in with yeah. all of this because he's got essentially these two women planning his life for him. And I mean, I guess we'll find out when he chooses one finally yeah. and sticks to it. But well, that will never happen. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's weird. Yeah, I don't know. So it, again, I found it was a really good scene and a really good storyline because I think Quinn and Rachel, as actors, pulled it off really mm-hmm. well. And when Rachel walked away with that face of tears, like, I was moved because I could feel what she felt. Like, she knows Quinn is right, but that doesn't mean she doesn't love Finn. Yeah. Like, um, 
But I don't, I don't know. The more I think about it, the more I'm like, wait a minute. Like, but what about Finn? Maybe he wants this or wants that or that. So I'm, I'm not sure where I stand on it in the end. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that we'll see. I'm sure that will unfold because we have to have a yes. prom episode now. Yay! I like prom, prom episodes. <laughs> no, I'm like totally into that. I watched. Oh, um, I watched a zombie movie. I watched a uh, Dance of the Dead, which is a zombie film set during prom, and like I had such a good time with it because I'm like, oh, prom movies are fun. Prom movies and wedding movies. Anything where there's I don't know. I'm less I'm less charmed by wedding movies just because they're usually really awful romantic comedies. I know, but I like formal attire. Okay, I can understand that, especially because it's always like really dated later. Like think of like the nine hundred two and O prom, where they're all in like short dresses and all that stuff. The Buffy prom, yeah, so good. All right, so then the competition. Yes. Okay, so we kind of knew going into it. We kind of figured they have to win. Yeah. Um, there wasn't that much, especially compared to last year, like there wasn't that much tension. You know, we saw the performances, which I guess we'll save for when we talk about the songs. Um, but again, not as much on the line, just going to nationals. And they did. And they, and they won. won and yeah. Yep. Yep. That was that. Um, um, but did you see in, you know, coming in March, in April rather, because we have no episodes until April. Okay. Did you see who... Um, Sue was talking to because I answered a couple questions when she was like, "We oh. all hate Will." Well, she- I know she was talking to Terry, Terry, who was like, "I don't, but I hate Glee." Right, and um, what's his name? Um, Cheyenne Sandy. Jackson okay, was the third. That was the I one. didn't catch him, but I had so I we're assume get that's what you're getting. The return at. of Vocal of, Adrenaline. I'm guessing Vocal Adrenaline must be going to nationals they have to on be their going own because we know. We need to do yeah. some research on uh, <laughs> yeah, Ohio on the, choir the show groups. choir circuit because yeah. we are so confused by how this works out. Yeah. Um, anybody who's been competitive show choir, how does this work? Why didn't Vocal they Adrenaline compete the against them? Regional. I mean, the only thing I can think of is if it's like brackets, or but, if it's based on like. But the if year they're before. going to nationals, then two teams from the same state shouldn't be going to nationals. So I don't yeah. think that Vocal Adrenaline can go to nationals. I don't know. Maybe it's like. I maybe not. Maybe you can have two from state. Maybe it's like senators or not senators, House of Representatives, where it's like depends on your population. But they were in the same regional. I know it doesn't make any sense. I agree. I totally agree with you. I am against it. I am against (laughs) the poor planning on their parts. Yes. Okay. Um. Yeah. Uh, Do you want to talk about the judges? That's my. Oh God. Sure. Okay. Yeah, no. Oh, my. <laughs> sorry, but my low point in the episode was what a wasted opportunity. Yeah. You have Loretta Devine, who, first of all, also can sing. So I'm like, oh, maybe she's going to sing. Like, she was in the original Dreamgirls. Like, she, she's a performer. Doesn't sing, but okay, fine. And I thought she was funny. Yeah. Um, Kathy Griff- Griff- Griffith. Griffin. I can, I can Griffin. never remember. I never remember. Kathy Griffin. Kathy Griffin. Um who does every Sarah Palin joke from two years ago, ever. Yeah. And the Rod Revington, who always makes me smile because he's so ridiculous. But I thought that was terrible. I didn't mind it. I wish she was herself. I wish she yeah. was Kathy Griffin embracing her D-list and being or, like, I'm here to judge the Ohio yeah. regional. Like, Or making like Christine O'Donnell and Sarah Palin jokes that are funny and haven't been made by anybody that just basically said, oh, ha ha, I'm not a witch. Oh, ha ha, gays shouldn't be singing to each other. (laughs) Oh, ha ha, my favorite, Obama, he's a terrorist. Really? It's 2011. We're still making jokes that Obama's a terrorist (laughs) on Glee? Like, 
I was really annoyed by it. Like, because I just hate wasted opportunities. And I felt like it was such a waste. Like, you've got three good actors, three good guest stars who could have had a lot of fun with what they were doing. And it was just the, the least funny aspect of this episode. And it was when it had so much potential to be funny, really killed me. I felt the whole um, judging portion was very short and very crammed into one spot. Like, I guess they kind of had to maybe for tradition's sake bring yeah. it back. Because last year it was, I mean, last year it was also hysterical, but it was also really important because the outcome had such an impact. Um, but like, Kathy Griffin, you ain't no Josh Groban is what it comes down to. Because Josh Groban, home run. Kathy Griffin, bunted, and the catcher caught it. Yeah, it just would have been better if she was there herself. Yeah. Is what it comes down or to. Or just, I, yeah, it was so, it was just really weak. And I just, I just really couldn't get over that, like, the biggest joke of it was that she Twittered that Obama was a terrorist. I just real I'm like, this is so, like, painfully not funny and forced and awkward. And it really hurt me. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's not your fault. Want to talk about the songs? Okay. All right. Those are a much higher point for me. Um, we open on Misery. Uh, I'm going to say yes. Okay, yeah. I, I cheated because I happened to read a recap that listed the names of the songs. So I am cool today and, and I know the names of the songs. Maroon 5. Okay. Um, I don't know who sang it. All I know is the Warblers sang it. Yes, the Warblers sang it. It was fun. It was fun. It was totally Warblers. It was totally yep. Blaine leading the crowd, you throwing know, papers around. Very top 40s. Mm-hmm. Slow motion dancing every once in a while. Yeah, it was cool. I was happy with it. Yep. Yeah. All right. Next Not one. much else to say. Not really, no. <laughs> um, so then we have another Rachel original song. Only child. Only child. <laughs> um, I really like the line of the only berry on my family yeah, tree. It was That was yeah. perfect. Um, could you imagine if Rachel actually had a sibling? That would be scary. She would not be Rachel, no, for one thing. Because, I mean, Rachel is, I don't mean to um, stereotype only children out there, but... I believe, like, birth order and your siblings really does form a lot of who you are. And generally, like, if I meet somebody, I can usually figure out within a few hours where they fall in their family. Mm-hmm. And Rachel is very much an only child. Just, yeah. you know, and she has been treated as such. She's been raised to be, you know, her parents picked out her mother and her egg and everything <laughs> else. Like, Rachel is Rachel because her parents planned her and yep. only her. And I would be so terrified if she had a sibling. Yeah, that poor kid. Especially she, if well, they were younger. She technically has, an, has a sibling now. She does, yeah. Right. This, they reminded us that, oh, yeah, Rachel's mother adopted Quinn's baby. Yeah. Beth. Remember Beth? I remember Beth. I wonder how Beth is doing. <laughs> Don't you? Um, yeah, so that was fun. Yeah, it was cute. Again, kind of an, another my headband moment. It, yep. was, it was amusing. Yeah. Uh, moving on. Um. Kurt sings Blackbird. And it's beautiful. It's so beautiful. That's like really my favorite, is. favorite, favorite yeah. Beatles song. It's a great Beatles song. It's it's just so pretty. Mm-hmm. And this one especially I thought was really pretty once you added, uh, like once the guys came in with the background, bum, bum, bum. Mm-hmm. Like it was just a song that like I'll listen to, I think. Yeah. Because it just, beautiful. And it was, and Blaine fell in love with him. Love. And of course, like I fell in love with Chris Colfer yeah. when he was singing that song. It was so good. And it fit too. Because like, you know, there's a line, you were only waiting for this moment to arise. Of course, because that's what Blaine was waiting for, to realize he was in love with Kurt. To fall in love. It was. It was pretty. It was, like, fitting. It was very literal, because, yes, it was about a bird that died. Yes. Um, <laughs> R.I.P. Pavarotti, R.I.P. Poor Pavarotti. Yeah. 
I was surprised that Warblers weren't more like mad Upset. at Kurt. Yeah. Because in the, in the first episode when they give him Pavarotti, it's like, they if this like, bird dies, yeah. so do you. Yeah. yeah. But they, they were, were like, super oh, secret society about sad. it the first yeah. time. But I don't know. I mean, because it made me wonder, the birds always die. Like, at what point? They like, must just get a new bird every time? No, because they say he's from a long line of. Oh, so how do they get new birds? Yeah. I, I don't know how bird mating goes. I don't know if, like, you breed birds. I guess somebody out there does because that's how we have them. Um, but, uh, like, has Pavarotti's line died is, is the question, I guess. Not necessarily because there's usually more than just one bird in, like, I want to say when litter. Eggs. But well, it's well, not a yeah, litter. Yeah, <laughs> egg, egg batch. A dozen eggs or so, if you will. <laughs> yeah. An egg carton. And of- birds don't lay just, like, one Mm-hmm. So litter, ideally, they call it. up like the bird representative for Dalton Academy and are like, "Hey, we need another canary." Yeah. Okay. I think so. Interesting. I don't know if there's any bird breeders out bird there or ornithol- ornithologists. Well, do, we could ask Jess. That's true. Jess knows these questions. She's we have a, a friend who's very wise in all things bird. Yes. We will find out from her. Um, up next. <laughs> Trouty mouth. <laughs> Written by one Santana. Written by one Santana. Um, I thought this was amazing because it it was like I what I love about the next couple of songs is that all of them stylistically were totally suited to the person singing them's yeah. voice. And this one, like Santana, could really do like good, like be like draped over a piano singing yep. like jazz in a really dirty nightclub with cigarettes, you know on her dress and this one like when it started i'm like this is a sexy song like and (laughs) and it's also hysterical yeah um the some of all the different uh, synonyms she used for trouty including froggy salamander and grouper uh and my favorite line probably of any song ever which is (laughs) if you tried hard enough you could suck a baby's head (laughs) which is just amazing just bizarre and that is regionals material folks i don't care what you say will regionals material it was great um and mike chang had a really great reaction to it because he just kept looking at sam like sam and his trouty poor sam um but i found it great i want to hear the rest of her verses well, they supposedly, they didn't originally release Trouty Mouth in the next song, Biggest, Big Ass Heart, on iTunes. Okay. But then it was like, due to popular demand. Yeah, they're, they're going to release them. I was curious about that. I think, yeah. they're, I think they're already out. But. Okay, that's cool. I want to hear the rest of it. <laughs> and it's further proof that you need to give Naya Rivera more to sing. Yeah. Because she can actually handle phenomenal. it. Yeah. Uh, the next one? Big Ass Heart. Big Ass Heart. <laughs> With a rockabilly feel. So good. <laughs> it was great. Um, so much fun. It was just fun. And, like, again, like, a really, like, fitting song, a good song. Like, um, Mark Sailing was great when he sang it. Like, yep. his facial expressions were adorable. Uh, interesting that, like, Lauren was totally cool with this one. But not but with Fat Bottom Girls. Yeah. I don't know how much of it was just, like, the fact that he wrote it for her. I guess. Yeah. But, again, like, it was really fun. I loved it. Yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. It yeah. was very funny. Um, anything else to say about it? Um, I don't think so. Okay. Uh, and the last of the, um, you know, standalone New Direction songs, Hell to the No. <laughs> Which was released. That's interesting. I guess because it was a complete song. Uh, yeah, so Trouty Mouth is only a minute and 11 okay. seconds. Interesting. Let's see. And they're also not full price. They're only 69 cents. Oh, that's cool. 
Let's look for a big ass heart and see how long. <laughs> I mean, Hell to the No was definitely, like, a fully written song. Yeah. You know, and it was good to give Mercedes something to do. Because she hasn't done anything She hasn't done anything since Tater Tots episode, which she reminds us about in the song. A minute and 14 seconds. Okay. I mean, Hell to the No was not overly long, I don't think. I mean, it was probably a little longer It was like It's like three or four minutes. Really? Yeah, I listened to it the other day. I mean, it was good. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was, I mean, definitely very character specific i mean mm-hmm. there's lines about tater tots in there like yeah. you know clearly and this changing, was made for her changing yeah. her weave right all right, right like i could not sing this song at karaoke and get away with it no um but i say that about a lot of songs and then do them anyway that's true i could do this one well i was talking to somebody my friend the other day about how like uh whatchamacallit um i'm not going from dream girls which mercedes sang last season for her solo i'm like i don't think a white girl can sing that song like it's not meant for a white girl's voice but then the more i said it, i'm like fuck man i gonna carry i am gonna take up that challenge and i'm gonna prove that a white girl can sing any song (laughs) you have held us back too long okay hell to the no well we have that to look forward to indeed you do just give me enough liquor and it will be sung uh, but I like Tell to the No. That's the yeah. moral of that. It was enjoyable. <laughs> Expected at karaoke when it makes the list. Um, all right. So now we get to regionals. Yep. And we have... Um, Jesus is a friend. Jesus is a friend. What? What's their name? Oral, uh, oral Intensity. Oral Intensity. Mm-hmm. That was, yeah. It was very... Uh, what's the movie with um, Mandy Moore and Macaulay saved. Culkin? It's very saved. Yeah. Like, very much that. Um, you know, they all have, like, the, the sort of big triangle hair and the cute little glee club polka dot outfits the choreography was pretty amusing because it involved crucifixion yes yes oh but did you they kind of made didn't they make a star of david at the end though did they yeah oh you're kind of right because they they were two triangles it looked like it i don't know if it was intentional or not but from our angle it it totally looked like a star of david that's true uh, I like that, that, like, when it was over, they all kind of, like, everybody's clapping, and, like, the Glee kids are rolling their eyes, but Mercedes is totally into <laughs> it, because it was a character touch, because Mercedes is really Christian, so yeah. it made sense. It was good, though. Yeah, it was, it was enjoyable for what it was, absolutely. That one was not released, unfortunately. Oh, what a shame. Um, I'm sure their Josh Grobe and Olivia Newton-John mashup from last season was also not released. No, it wasn't. No, sadly. But we didn't, we barely even heard that. We only heard that. We heard snippets of it. I I experienced it. I kind of now want to know more about Oral Intensity because now like two seasons, they've kind of just been there as a placeholder essentially. But both times, what we know about them is they are just whores for the judges. Yeah. They find out what the judges want and they do it. So I, I really want that to come – I wouldn't be surprised if next season we get a little more of that because it's kind of interesting that they keep trying and they keep failing but keep trying at it. Um, all right. So now the uh, Warblers performance. Candles. Candles by I, Hey Monday. Yes. I only know it because they uh, – Blaine said, we're going to sing Candles. Yeah. I, I was like, oh, okay, good. I can write that one down. I don't – I've never heard this song. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I don't either. I've never heard it before I in my life. I literally just looked it up. It's by Hey Monday. Okay. I don't, I don't know what that is. Neither do I. Let's see if we can find a Wikipedia okay. page. Um, that's an interesting name for a band. Here's the official Hey Monday site. Okay. Um, they look like they're from the 80s. I'm looking at pictures. Oh, nice. here's the – Hey Monday is an American four-piece rock band from West Palm Beach, Florida, formed in 2008. Oh, wait, what? Why do they wait look so a minute? Then? That doesn't make sense. Um, 
maybe was there a were they covering the song? Is Blaine doing a cover of the song? Maybe I don't know. Now I'm confused. Or is it just not a top forty because it was not a very well known song? I don't know. I suddenly I never feel smart when it comes to music, but now I really don't feel smart about this. Um, okay. Um, hey, candles. Yeah, no, it's definitely by them. Let's see if I, we can. Okay, that's weird. Oh, that silence doesn't make for good radio. That's true. I'm sorry. We're both just really confused. <laughs> we're both I was really trusting in Blaine and Kurt's discussion that this was like an older song I yeah, just heard of. I got that impression too. I don't know. But I guess it's just a band no one's heard of. Although they've been on like major tours with Fall Out Boy and Cobra Starship and Metro Station, All Time Low, All American Rejects. They've toured with all these bands. Okay. So. All right. Well, if anybody out there knows then let us know because we're very confused. But what did you think of the song? Um, it was pretty. It was all right. But underwhelming for regionals. Yeah. Like it It really, in a way, wasn't regionals. <laughs> Woo! So that's the original song. Blow the candles out. I'll save you all from that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> When when a woman when it's like a woman's voice and I know I can't match it I just break into my falsetto. Um, um but this I mean it's a pretty song I yeah. think it's it's it is like a genuinely pretty song. Uh, and it was a nice duet for them, but I don't you know I wouldn't have chosen that to win at regionals. Like yeah. I, I don't think it was as good as what we've seen the Warblers do. I think Kurt and Blaine probably could have done not not that they could have done better, but they could have chosen a song that would have won more so, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was really pretty. I guess they Pete Wentz from Fall Out Boy like discovered them. Okay. The room next door is yelling. <laughs> wow, I don't, I don't know if this is going to get picked up, but our, my neighbor must be listening. Sometimes on Sundays they listen to like um, I guess some church show where the preacher yells at you. And that's what they're doing right now. And yeah, it's a man. And he's scary. very, very aggressive about Jesus. Um, okay. Anyway. Oh, but the one thing I thought was really cute was when, um, when like, they finished the song and, like, Blaine bows. And then, like, he pushes Kurt yeah. to the spot. Like, Kurt does a total Pee Wee Herman bow. He does, like, a half curtsy, half bow. It's like a half curtsy, half bow. It's totally yeah. Pee Wee Herman. Is it? Yeah, it's adorable. All right. Um, <laughs> so then, I know, we're both distracted we're because, both like, like, we want Wurr. our souls saved by my neighbors. Apparently. Yeah. Um, okay, so <clears throat> the next one, then the warblers break into race your glass. Race your glass. Um, it got stuck in my head totally. Oh, it's been in my head for weeks. Yeah, now. it's a catchy song. It's by Pink. And it was fun. I mean, it they was a good time. it was exactly what you would expect the warblers to do. Yeah. Like, yeah, they killed it. Blaine leading, of course. Like, there's that really cute moment where like um, Blaine like jumps out and then like fakes it and jumps back out. Yep. That was like I would have been wooing. I would have been standing up and, and cheering. then like every time he says freaks, he's like, yeah, he yeah. makes a face. He's that just I so just much made fun to watch. I know. Yeah, he's really enjoyable. Yeah. Um. So yeah, no, I enjoyed it absolutely. Yeah. Totally acceptable. Yep. Uh, then we get to original songs. Original songs. Uh, um, so the first one is get it right. I was so distracted by the bedazzled microphone. I told you, everyone in Lima had. I know, but hers was like this one was a fucking bedazzled microphone. Like it was pink. I don't even think those were were bedazzles. I think those were whatever the pink stone is. I can never remember what it's called. It's like November's alternate birthstone. 
Like they looked like they, that was glittering like crazy. Yes. And the mic stand itself was bedazzled as it well. Was, yeah. Like all out. Um, but I actually really like the song. It was, I don't know. I wasn't blown away by it, but mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of ballads. So yeah. It was I mean, it was a total ballad. It was a pop ballad. It was fine. I liked it. Like it fit, it both fit like Rachel in the story. Like, yeah, like, you know, sometimes you keep trying and I think it, it it's not just, just, it doesn't have to just be about romance. It could be about other things in life. And mm-hmm. like, I think listening to the lyrics, like I really like the song. So yeah, it was good. Yeah. Um, okay. And then great freshman effort. Absolutely. Absolutely. Much like Loser, Loser like, like Me. Which I actually really loved. It was totally fun. Yeah. And it was very much um, a Glee song. Because, you know, go back to the pilot. The whole kind of theme of Glee is essentially like losers ascending from yeah. this. And people who are told they're losers. People who are, you, you throw slushies in their faces. And it's those people rising above that, kind of. Mm-hmm. And that's what the song was totally about. Yep. Like, you listen to the lyrics, it's all about, like, you know, sure, it's about Sue throwing, putting dirt in your locker, but it, it's also about, you know, just somebody telling you you can't do something and you doing and it. proving them wrong. Right. And then at the end... Um, yeah, the slushies. Yeah, that was, I think, I, can't, I think it was the AV Club's recap. I had a very funny line about that, like, it makes you wonder, were the people in the audience thinking, why are they throwing slushy confetti <laughs> <Yeah>. at me? Because <laughs> is that a thing? Like, has anybody we know ever had a slushy thrown in their face? You tell us, gentle listeners. Yes. Like, I don't know. I was, because I was talking about this this morning about, on Girls on Film, about bullying. I don't, I was never bullied. Mm-mm. I don't remember bullying being a problem in my school. I'm sure it was for some people and I didn't know about it. Like, but it was not the way TV shows have taught me. I did not know a Nelson Muntz. I did not know a Larry. Like, I never saw anybody throw slushies at someone else. Mm-hmm. So my question is, like, slushy throwing and things of the like are they common elsewhere in the world well, maybe it's an ohio thing i don't know we, we know ohio folks night living podcast we'll ask them if they've ever been slushied this weekend but folks tell us yes slushies in the face is it common um you want to start going over high notes high notes <laughs> uh britney's favorite song is my, my headband which is adorable and fitting yes, yes. Uh, okay, oh, because you don't have your list. So you yeah, have, you have to go off of me. I forgot that. I don't have notes. Okay, um, I thought just about the scene with um, Quinn and Rachel where, you know, talks about being a real estate agent was just a, a really, st- I mean, again, I'm kind of weird about where I feel about it now, but I think it was just a really good scene. I think acting-wise, I think um, Quinn and Rachel were really good this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, other things, oh, this is the second time I noticed in the very first scene or the early scene, when Kurt goes to tell the warblers about the death of Pavarotti, and Kurt's wearing a like all the because Blaine is trying to introduce the idea of switching the piping, yeah. which was a very funny moment. Yeah. Also, but Kurt walks in. He's wearing this like total black suit, and he's got this like little charm with a skeleton hanging off of it. Erica, was that Pavarotti? No, skull? it wasn't Pavarotti's skull. <laughs> what if it was like Kurt dissected Pavarotti and took his skull. No, and well, plus we saw him. To do we it. saw him bury him in his bedazzled coffin. We didn't see the bird being buried. No, but Maybe we saw the bird his was buried coffin. without the head. Erica, that was one of my high notes. Was his the bedazzled bedazzled coffin. coffin and a placard on the grave? Of course, of course. Um, the oh, the Santana Britney scene 
which was like a really short just carryover from last week mm-hmm. where and I you know, I mean I just like that they're not letting stories die like yeah. it's just a very quick Brittany goes to San- Santana at her locker the fateful locker that Erica hates yeah and says like you know hey we haven't talked and Santana's like whatever I'm with Sam and like the look on I thought Brittany was really good in that scene because the look on her was like come on like I know you don't care about you told me you don't care about yeah. him and like not that I like that this is happening but I like that you know, I totally believe Santana's like, no, what? He's my boyfriend, you know. Like, she's in denial. Yeah, I'm very much in denial. Brittany knows she's in denial. I thought it was just a really nice, small continuation of their storyline. And I hope they just keep doing that. Like, yeah. bring it in. Eventually, it'll probably get bigger again, I'm sure. But until then, like, don't forget that it happened. And mm-hmm. I thought it was really important that they did that. And I was glad they did. Um, some good nicknames this week. Santana refers to Artie as Stubble's McCripple Pants. <laughs> Which is how I will refer to him from now on. Oh, yes. Artie. Stubbles McCurple Pants. Artie hasn't had anything to do in a while either. He hasn't. Well, he's been doing Britney. What, what? Or maybe not, because now they're in the celebrity club. Maybe. We'll see. Uh, when Sue's nicknames to um, Britney and Santana. and Santana being Tweedledum and Tweedlefake Boops. Yes. Which is fitting. Um... Wow, I wrote that Britney's favorite song is my headband twice. Yeah, you I did. Really liked that. <laughs> and I just really like the music. The music yeah. totally kept me happy the entire episode. It was a fun episode. Yeah. Did you have any other high notes? High notes, no. I do have a low note. Okay. Um, and they might be able to make this low note up to me. It depends on where they go with it. Okay. It was Sue punching the judge. The, the announcement lady, not the judge. Right, right, right. Um, the drunk lady. The drunk lady whose husband was cheating on her. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, no, he was emotionally abusive. He was emotionally abusive, and she was drunk. Um, yeah, I, I understand that that's Sue's character, and she probably would do that, but if they're, like, people have been complaining about how Sue Like, Sue gets have, away with, yeah, you know, have any repercussions. abusing students. And I yeah. think this is the perfect chance for them to give her some, you know, consequences for her actions. For punching a woman on stage in front of a thousand people. So if they do that, I take it back and... Okay. Okay, fine. But if they don't give her any consequences for this, then I'm I'm starting to get a little... Okay. It annoyed. it worked for me just because I found it a funny sight gag. Like, just watching it, like, see walking over and punching her in the face, like, it, it was, made me chuckle. But seeing everyone's reactions, like, everyone had, like, legitimately Right, it was like, actions. holy fuck! Yeah. So, and I think, like... You know, she's already pushed students and stuff and tried to shoot Brittany out of a cannon. Like, I think this could be, like, the straw that broke Principal Figgins back to be, like, listen. You need to go to anger management. And how great would it be if she did – I think that would be, like, a great character point if she did get fired to see what she does from outside the school to try and bring down the Glee Club. Okay. Yeah. That's a really good point. I think that could make for a really interesting arc. Yeah. Okay. They have a chance to make it up to me. We'll see. Okay, uh, Ryan's listening. Cause yeah, we know, I'm sure he is. Yeah, him and you and your, your little thing. Um, yeah, so you've you've heard what we have to say about that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my only lows were the judging panel, which I talked about. I just thought it was a huge missed opportunity and couldn't get over how not funny it was. And um, just the low stakes. The episode just felt very, you know, not overly deep compared to past, mm-hmm. per, past c- competitions, I guess. But... Again, that's kind of the nature of it. Yeah, it was just kind of necessary because clearly we have to progress mm-hmm. past yeah. regionals. Yeah. Finally. True. Um, stray observations. Only one I had was that, uh, I, uh, once again, no previously on Glee, which is weird. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's a timing thing. It could maybe be a timing they're thing. they're just extra long episodes. Yeah. It's, it's odd just because for two reasons. One being 
Glee is a serial show. You you need that. If you haven't watched last week, you don't know what's going on. Um, that Br- Britney Santana scene would have confused you, and yeah. you would have forgotten that it was actually regionals and all this stuff. And the other thing is they've been making such good use of that and making it really part of the show mm. and making it funny and amusing and, like, you know, really entertaining. So it's surprising that they've dropped it, and I hope they bring it back. Yeah. It makes sense to bring it back. It does. Uh, yeah. And the only other thing was, oh, yeah, reminding us that um, – Quinn's baby is being raised by Rachel's mother. Yep. Kind of forgot about that. So that was interesting. Um, but that's all I got in the episode. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, it was totally enjoyable. Yeah. One of the, in a way, lighter episodes compared to what we've had in the last couple of weeks. But, um, you know, it makes me excited to come back from, how much of a break is it? You know? They said not until April. So okay. It's like so it's like a two-week break. Um, like, I'm excited to see what they do when they come back. Kind mm-hmm. of. Yeah. Um, all right, should we take a break? Yeah, we'll take a break and be right back with feedback. Ah. All right, I'm here with Bill Byforce and Mr. Chris to tell you a little bit about Outside the Cinema. All right, Reverend Scott, take uh-huh. us to church. Uh, what can we expect to find from a typical show? Two hours of just random blabber. <laughs> uh, is there anyone's coattails you wrote in on to popularity? I'm the guy that fucking burns the coattails and then pisses on them. You review all these exploitation, horror, comedy, cult, and often all-around terrible movies. You must have a strong driving force that keeps you going. Ego. <laughs> I don't know if I've heard you say that before. Uh, yeah, I've been saying that for a while. Really? I have been saying that for a while. Also, I'm high on smack. Well, it's definitely working for you guys. Yeah. People are coming out in droves to support you on iTunes. We just the other day got a, a, a one-star review on iTunes. Well, that is one <laughs> That is one star too many. Let me tell you. The worst fucking piece of shit I've ever heard. This has been great, guys. Thanks, Scott. Ugh. That was good. Oh, he's got you crying over there. I'm good for the rest of the year. Nice. That was too much. Dear Mr. Vernon, we accept the fact that we have to sacrifice a few hours a week to podcast about whatever you find important, but we think you're crazy asking us to write an essay telling you who we think we are. You see us as you want to see us, in the simplest terms and the most convenient definitions. But what we found out is that each of us is a podcast about other podcasts. A podcast about television. A podcast about films. A podcast about music. A podcast about books. Does that answer your question? Sincerely yours. The Podcast Podcast. The Podcast Podcast is your one-stop source for all the podcasts on the internet. Each week we have very special guests from some of the best shows on iTunes so that you can decide if you should check them out or keep on moving. Find us at thepodcastpodcast.com or search for us in the iTunes store by looking for me, Fozzie Bear. That's F-O-C-Z-I-E-B-A-R-E. Don't you. Don't you, Erica. Forget about writing us feedback at Gleecast. At Gleecast at gmail.com. All right. The um, neighbors have switched their music to Purple Rain. Yes. And we're we're ready. Mookie is kicking me. My God, what is this? Um, well, you figure out that. that I out. will. I'll read Nigel's email. His subject is ooh, sexy. And he says, hi, Erica and Emily. Nigel from Australia here. I just finished watching Sexy and thought I'd contribute my thoughts on what I consider to be the best episode of Glee yet. Wow. Just wow. I never thought they could do an episode as good as this. Dude, I haven't listened to the corresponding episode of Glee Cast yet, so maybe I like it more than you girls did. Okay, let's use bullet points. We liked it a lot. We did. Yeah. Landslide was excellent. Not so much the performance, but the scene as a whole Mm. and what it meant to the Brittany Santana storyline. I'd like to think that this will be a standout moment to look back. 
I'd like to think that this will be the standout moment when we look back on season two. Maybe not the, but definitely a. One of, yeah. Yeah. Santana broke my heart in this episode. Mm. Poor kid. I'm pretty sure this is the first time since Shakespeare in Love that I actually liked Gwyneth Paltrow in something, if you don't count her previous episode of Glee, of course. She has that guest star Emmy in the bag, surely. Have I liked Gwyneth Paltrow in anything since Shakespeare in Love? Um, Okay, keep going. I I gotta look her up and see if I agree with that. (laughs) Only negative of the show. Once again, we're given a performance by the Warblers, which we don't need. I'm really sick of Blaine and these guys. Can't wait to hear what he thinks of the next episode, then. (laughs) It's a shame they couldn't figure out a better storyline for Kurt this season. (gasps) Oh, Bah, this is... Oh, Nigel! Bah, that said, his scene with Bert was a highlight. Okay, that's me done. Regards, Nigel. We clearly disagree. We clearly disagree. But I have a feeling... Maybe this episode would have, because I mean, again, like we said, the fact that they acknowledge the whole Blaine equals Warblers thing, maybe. Maybe Nigel changed his song. Mm -hmm. Um, I definitely did like Gwyneth Paltrow in one thing, uh, and that would be Royal Tenenbaums. Mm-hmm. I love Royal Tenenbaums. I know some don't, um, like but I love you know Royal Tenenbaums. I don't like, oh, I don't like um, the other his other one. I, I hated uh, uh, Darjeeling Limited. I hated that movie. I didn't see Life Aquatic, but I, don't think uh, I like any of his movies. Fanta- Did you see Mr. Fantastic Mr. I Fox? Didn't. Fantastic Mr. Fox, I thought was fantastic, and I don't think you had to be a Wes Anderson fan to like it. I think it was just a really funny and charming and like kind of unique movie that totally was probably one of my favorites of the year I think that year um no going with Paul Trow in it though so whatever that says um yeah the only I think I would actually go on record as saying of the things she's been in that I've seen I mean I guess Iron Man but I I don't know that she was great in it um yeah no Royal Tenenbaums was pretty much it sorry Shallow Hal you didn't do it for me <laughs> um do you want to read Wayne's email? Um, okay. Wayne Kotke writes, uh, uh, the, the subject of his is Glee. Our songs are our weapons, and our weapons kill. They do, <laughs> Wayne. They do. Celia and Emery. There was so much, so very, very much, going on in original song that I am going to skip my usual preamble and get right to the random observations. One last point about the sexy episode. I loved it when Puck said he ate a thumbtack, which was probably still in him, and Lauren reflexively looked down at his stomach. That was a nice touch that went unsung. I didn't notice that. This episode began in the the best possible way, with a Blaine-led Warblers number at Dalton Academy. Kurt might have been underwhelmed, but I loved it. I'm actually envisioning a whole Dalton Academy spinoff called (gasps) Warble, which would be the angel to Glee's Buffy. Yes! In lieu of that, I'd settle for a Warblers cover of Friday by Rebecca Black. (laughs) If anyone could bring out the magic in that song, it's Blaine Warbler. (laughs) Um, I I love that we get, like, one email saying, like, too much Blaine, yeah. too much Warblers, <laughs> and then we get Wayne's, which is like, Blaine Warbler, I'm going to rock your world. Um, just, you know, we have such diverse listeners. We do. Um, all right. Wayne, the psychic, strikes again, does he not? I predicted the death of poor little Pavarotti many months ago. He totally did. To be honest, I'd forgotten about the bird over time. The same way the Glee writers occasionally forget about, say, Tina or Mercedes. <laughs> I think the bird may have actually had more screen time this season than either, either of them. <laughs> I think he's so right. Yeah. I was thinking about that a lot because Mercedes just really does feel like they don't know what to do with her. Yeah. I think I know that's something Ashley's pointed out. With, um... Tina, I guess the fact that she's with Mike kind of gives it this sort of, like, unsung, like, she's always there with him type mm-hmm. thing. 
Um, yeah. Not I like her, he's had much she, to do No, either. not at all. She had a really cute outfit at one point this episode. I like her little cherry suit. I thought it was cute. I don't recall that. I don't know. It was just there. Uh, Not during Hell to the No, was it? Yes! That was like a long dress skirt, weird dress thing. It wasn't a suit. There was a blazer attached to it, I thought. No, I think the collar was attached to the dress. I don't know. It was a white collar attached to a black dress. It was bizarre. I I watched it. I was like, what the fuck is she wearing? (laughs) Clearly, um, Joan Rivers would have something to say about my wardrobe. (laughs) Wayne continues, this is a kangaroo court. Sorry, ladies. I just have to shout that particular phrase at various times apropos of nothing. Sweat Lodge. Let's not mince words, Glee. Holly is detoxing right now, and we all know it. I may have said this before, but New Directions actually sounds like the name of a rehab clinic, does it? It does. Totally. Or a cult. Totally a cult, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Wasn't it adorable that Britney's favorite song of all time is My Headband? Speaking of things on Britney's mind, this episode had her bringing back that awesome fuzzy hat with ear flaps. It's a wonder that all the members of New Directions haven't fallen in love with that gal yet. The Britannia Santitney storyline seems to be in a holding pattern, but I hope these kids work it at work out their issues soon. I mean, have Britney and Artie even spoken to each other since the Christmas show? <laughs> they did flirt during um, Trouty Mouth. Yeah, they're yeah. often sitting next to each other. Yeah, she and like cuddling. His, she sits on his lap. Yeah, they made out during the sexy episode. Dances. Yeah, totally. Oh, and alcohol. She was stripping that, that, for him. That's what I meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were totally making out. One good thing to come out of the sputtering Sam Tana storyline is Trouty Mouth, which ended up being my favorite of the much-touted and much-trouted Glee songs. <laughs> not necessarily because of the fishy lyrics, though it, though not in spite of them either, but because of the gorgeous jazzy melody and Naya, Rivera, Naya Rivera's smoldering rendition of Same. With new, more serious lyrics, this could be a genuine hit. I'm reminded of that episode of South Park in which Elton John writes songs like Cheddar Cheese Girl before meeting Bernie Taupin. I didn't see that episode. I don't watch South Park. I've missed so I should watch more South Park because it's, it's good. I just forget about it. <laughs> Bedazzled microphone alert. Damn you, Glee cast, for making me notice this. I wouldn't have otherwise. Everyone in Lima has a bedazzled microphone. Wayne, you would have noticed this bedazzled microphone. Yeah. It was Ray Charles would have noticed that bedazzled microphone, if you get what I'm saying. Somehow, it felt a bit on the nose and obvious to have Kathy Griffin as a Christine O'Donnell slash Sarah Palin clone. A better choice? Amy Poehler has came Kim Jong-il. Imagine that judging room scene. I know there's no good reason to bring back the lieutenant governor's wife, unless she presses charges against Sue. But please, Glee, bring her back anyway. <laughs> yeah, totally. I'm with you. Buzzkill of the week. Did you know this is this is a really big buzzkill? Did you know that the Beatles' "Blackbird," a truly lovely tune, movingly performed by Chris Colfer, was one of the songs which influenced Charles Manson and his family? Uh-oh. It's true. People associate Helter Skelter with Manson, of course, but several songs on the White Album figured into the family's twisted philosophy, including "Sexy Sadie," "Piggies," "Honey Pie," and even the gentle, innocuous "Blackbird." Strange world, isn't it? That's sad. Thanks, Wayne. Thanks a lot. Her now I song. will not be able to listen to Blackbird without seeing Sharon Tate slaughtered. Great. Rachel, it's not always a great idea to turn your head and look away when people scream your name. They might be saying something like, hey, Rachel, look out for that bus. And Finn, you might want to check with human resources before enacting any revenge on your employees. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Let's get this straight. Puck atoned for singing a slightly offensive song to Lauren by singing an incredibly <laughs> offensive song to Lauren. Wall. It's like saying to someone, sorry about borrowing that paperclip without asking. To make up for it, I burned down your house. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't always work. Song request, burning down the house. (laughs) Hell yes, Wayne Cocky. You are brilliant. 
there was at least one girl in oral intensity who looked totally crushed when her choir lost to New Directions. I felt bad for her. Actually, I was rooting for the Warblers. Is it wrong to admit that? Speaking of background singers, has it been pointed out that the Warblers have their own version of Sam? There's a guy with, like, There's Sam hair, but he's not nearly as cute. No, but he does breakdance a lot, which is amazing. That's true. That is true. I, I have a, a question that mm-hmm. none of our readers will understand. But, okay, so um, Wayne wrote out oral intensity, O-R-A-L. I've always spelled I, it A-U-R-A-L. Yeah. Okay, I was curious as yeah, to no, how we were taking Yeah, no, because oral with the A would be more, more like, like listening. listening. Oral yeah. would be more like speaking. I don't know if he was just making a joke. I don't know. I was just, I was confused. I Not confused, but I wanted to see how other people took it. Right. Because I didn't know if I was listening to it wrong. I don't know. I I've like always assumed who, it was A-U-R-A-L. Yeah, I did too. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Tell us, listeners. Tell how us. do you take it? How do you spell oral? Intensity. Right. Not that. Because they're not well, a mouthwash. Well, 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 well. <laughs> true. True. I feel like oral intensity would be a mouthwash. But oral. Or, or a great porn. Yes. Yeah. Is there a glee porn? There must be. There has to be. We'll look at horror. We'll, we'll find. Oh. Yeah, we'll find. If it's at Horrorround, we'll find it. <laughs> what did I do to myself? <laughs> now we know what we're doing this uh. weekend. <laughs> okay. Back to Wayne. Is Quinn turning back into the villain she was at the beginning of season one? For most of the episode, she seemed to be merely using Finn as a stepping stone to becoming prom queen. But during her one big scene with Rachel, she seemed to be mapping out a future for herself and the quarterback and showing some vulnerability, vulnerability too. What's going on with her character? For that matter, she says she'll never get a tiara if she doesn't become a prom queen. But then she seems to have a whole collection of tiaras. Or was she browsing a tiara store or what? <laughs> Did she kill a bunch of prom queens and take their tiaras? If so, guess not all of them live five years longer brainstorm since they already remade prom night a few years back now they can get to the good stuff remaking the classic hello mary lou prom night 2 and cast diana of aragon in the title role or naya rivera could play mary lou and diana of aragon could play the good girl part either way your move screen gems now the tiara scene the first time i watched it i totally assumed she was in like a store and there were tiaras and she was looking at them second time I noticed because I'd read this email and I was like, and I'm like, no, she was in a store. It was but the second time I noticed like she's totally walking past a closet of clothing and it totally looks like she's in a house and she opens up like a closet and there's a bunch of tiaras there. I took it as they were like past prom queen tiaras in a showcase in the school. But if she walked past the closet, maybe they were like her mother's. Her mom went to a lot of high school, kept transferring, so she knows. Well, no, maybe queen. she was a pageant queen. Oh, that's possible. I feel like her mother could totally could be have a pageant been. queen. Yeah. Um, her mother was naked and drive angry, by the way. Oh, was she? Yeah. Yeah, she was. I know that actress because she used to be on Days of Our Lives when I watched it as a kid. And I was watching Drive Angry. I'm like, I think that's Eve slash Quinn's mother. <laughs> and there's and then she gets naked with um, Nicolas Cage is fully clothed, but she's having sex with Nicolas Cage and she's buck naked. And I'm like, yeah, that's totally her. Not that I knew her because she was naked, but I knew her at the end when I saw her name. Um, but yeah, so if anybody was curious what Quinn Fabray's mother looks like nude, go see Drive Angry 3D. Um, so yeah, maybe they were her moms. I don't know. I don't know, but it was a weird, again, like... This was a couple of weeks back when she, when Quinn was making out with Sam, and we were like, where does Quinn live? Like, she lives in the Clue Mansion, and this is, like, another bit of oddness about where they put Quinn to walk around. Um, and then, other note, I, um, Prom Night, I don't think is a great slasher. I mean, even though I'm talking about the original, even though it has Leslie Nielsen in it, which, be still my heart, R.I.P., um, 
But I at Prom Night 2, I haven't seen. I haven't either. And I've heard really good things about it. Um, I know people say that it's a really fun 80s horror film. I have three and four on DVD, but I haven't watched them yet because I want to watch two first. Uh, I think it's on Netflix, so one of these days. But go for it. Yeah, remake it. Okay, Wayne continues. Do you have anything else to say? No. Okay. Remember when Mercedes and Quinn were friends? Bring that back. For one thing, it would give Amber <laughs> Riley something to do between songs. I meant what I said about the songs being weapons on Glee. This whole episode was a tutorial on how to use songs to passively, aggressively criticize others, shame others, and point out the flaws of others. Even Kurt couldn't resist getting in a dig at Blaine right before singing Blackbird. Puck's song made an issue of Lauren's weight. Santana's song made an issue of Sam's fish-like mouth. Mercedes' song was pretty much nonstop hostility directed towards <laughs> everyone she knows. And the triumphant number at regionals was aimed squarely at Sue. Good point, Wayne. I love that Sue is assembling a sort of legion of doom for next week's show. In some ways, Glee is a bit like Challenge of the Super Friends, in that both shows have so many characters that the supporting cast members only get lines every second or third episode. I remember noticing that while watching Super Friends as a kid. Oh, I guess Scarecrow and Solomon Grundy aren't going to do anything but stand in the background this time. Now when I watch Glee, I think, oh, I guess Mike Chang is going to nod his head to the beat and smile supportively this week. <laughs> yeah, apparently. I, that was one low point I had was like, I didn't think the dancing at regionals was that ex- exciting. Yeah. And considering sectionals where they like really put Mike and Brittany in the forefront and let them do their thing, I would have liked that again. So hopefully at nationals we'll see that. Can I ask a random question? I'm going to interrupt for a second. You may. Do you have like a pine tree air freshener somewhere? I do have a pine tree oh, air freshener. Is it, is it like one of like the time release ones? Uh, no, it's, I have, um, it's one of those jars of liquid. It's over there. Oh. I get up and that would affect the, you can see it I with see the that. sticks yeah, sticking up. And I, I keep getting like whiffs. I rotated pine. them this morning because I had opened it maybe like two weeks ago. And I'm like, well, Erica, I have company today. I'm going to rotate the, the sticks. It's very pleasant. It's I was very, very pine needly, right? confused. I thought maybe I was having a stroke because I kept getting whiffs of, of pine. Wow, that would be unfortunate. Yeah, I was just like, like Pavarotti. smelling random smells right now. Yeah, no, 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 because no, you know what yummy. it is? I have, okay, I've decided, um, because of the way my, I have a studio apartment, but it's a pretty big studio. And my litter box is right near the front door, which sounds like a bad idea, but it's really not. It's a covered litter box, don't worry. Although Mookie, as we've established, doesn't always understand how to pee inside the litter box. Mm-hmm. And then he does this really cute thing where when he gets out of the litter box, I've actually watched him do this. He gets out and he looks and he's like, oh, I missed the box. Because <laughs> I always keep like cardboard or something outside for when he does these things. And he tries really hard to then cover it up, which sometimes is him just scratching at the cardboard. Other times it's him literally reaching into the litter box to pull litter out and cover the pee that's outside of the litter box. So I realized, you know what? I really have to put an air freshener by the litter box. So I have over there is a Glade plug-in that's on the timer release. But in the corner where we sit is the pine needle one. It's the inf- it's an infuser is what they're called. Oh, I, I see. With like the sticks that go in the dark. Okay. Yeah. Yes, you're right. You're right. So the, the pine needle infuser is in our corner because mm-hmm. it's pleasant. It smells very nice. It smells nice, right? Yes. Thank you. Um, but then the Glade thing that's just purely there to absorb Mookie's messiness because Joplin pretty much stays inside the box. Mm-hmm. She's a little. She's a lady. Um, yeah, that's over there when you walk in. Okay. So, yeah, so everybody, we wanted sorry, to give everybody the, um, the nasal experience of what it's like yeah. to record Glee cast. A lot of, uh, a lot of pine needles. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all I right. I apologize, Wayne. Yes, no. Please Wayne, continue. We, we love you, Wayne. And he continues, I think it's pretty safe to say that Original Song was another action-packed, highly enjoyable episode. It's been a busy couple of weeks at McKinley, hasn't it? I'm actually ready for a silly, goofy, gimmicky episode next time around. I could see that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Wayne Kaki adds P to the S. 
what was up with Rachel's pronunciation of new directions? She called them new directions with emphasis on the die. Was she worried that if she pronounced it normally, the crowd would think she was saying new directions? Hmm. Try saying new directions without making it sound like new directions. It's hard. It's not possible unless you emphasize the die. New new directions. Oh my god! <laughs> New, new directions new totally directions. sounds like new directions wow so okay. you're right new directions is a safer way to put it maybe they just realized that it's possible maybe because the glee, glee porn has just been released and Perhaps. maybe that's like totally part of it maybe that's the name of the i'm totally writing the glee porn right now as i say these things <laughs> maybe the name of the band in that is nude erections New direction. Yes, totally. <laughs> totally. Wow. Brilliant, Wayne. Wayne, who you can always find his thoughts at d2writes.blogspot.com. All right. Huzzah. Yeah. And the last email. Yes. It from is Ellie. From Ellie. Her subject is they're doing original songs. She writes, hi, Emily and Erica. So am I alone in thinking that the little songs the Glee Club wrote were better than the ones used for the competition? Hell to the no would have killed. <laughs> Likewise, I think Misery was one of the most energetic s- songs on the show in a while. Also, Warblers never stop throwing around papers. I never stop throw throwing papers. It made around. me want to throw around papers. It does. Um, some bullet points. Kurt should keep saying Beatles songs. They suit him wonderfully. Agreed. The little bit of Britney Santana interaction was a great karaoke carryover, and I clearly want a karaoke. I just says it was I know we're so ready. Uh, was a great carryover, and Britney's reaction to the dirt was priceless. <laughs> the Warblers are semi sycophant drama queens in a major. In, bleh, is the Warblers as semi sycophant drama queens is a major win for the show in the comedy department. As was the black humor of Pavarotti's death. He inspired Kurt with his optimism and love of, of song. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. The, the doors flinging open and Kurt entering in that maudlin fashion. Priceless. A little Pavarotti skull. No, it wasn't Pavarotti skull. It was Pavarotti skull. <laughs> Chris Culver must have Oh. I'm, just, I'm just planning ahead. It's a very long time away. They're going to live forever, actually. Um, they really can't. If go, I mean... Yes, they're going to live forever. But when they don't anymore, they're totally getting stuffed and brought around with me wherever I go. I don't know where they are. I I'm going to be crazy. Where's Joplin? Uh, Mookie is probably on the Mookie's, window. Yeah, there. Joplin. Oh, she's, oh she's curled up very tightly in okay. a ball. Chris Colfer must have some superhuman ability if he can work himself up enough to cry that much over a bird. I could cry that much over. Yes, yeah. it happened. Kurt and Blaine won each other, and that's better than regionals. Puck seems to agree. <laughs> Did you catch his teary-eyed face at the end of Candles? Blaine's aha moment during Blackbird actually sold me, and I think the Kurt Blaine scenes in this episode are aided by the dynamic chem- uh, mm-hmm. by the dia- by, na- by, by the, the dynamic-, dynamic chemistry the actors have with each other. I didn't catch the puck look. I didn't. But either. that was one thing I forgot to mention was I really liked. Um, because they did this with uh, sectionals too, how both the warblers were really supportive of New yeah, Directions and vice versa. And just watching them enjoy the music. And I, again, I like that it was Rachel who stands up first for Kurt and Kurt who stands up first for Rachel. Like that they now suddenly have this like weird little support dynamic. And it was fun and cute. Um, I think Get It Right was one of the longest numbers in the show's history. But Leia Michelle sounds beautiful. And the scene where she gets MVP was touching. As uh, anyways, can't wait to hear your thoughts, Ellie. There is someone screaming. <laughs> yeah, my neighbors again. They're back to the gospel. Sorry, you're listening <laughs> really loud. Like, 
I don't know. Like I, again, like my bed is right near my neighbor's wall, my, the wall in which I hear all this music. So I don't know what they hear from me, but I hear fabulous things from them, such as screaming along to gospel music. Yeah, that was creepy. It's insane. Like they are, they're intense people. <laughs> they're very intense people. Um, thanks, Ellie. We have to finish the show. Okay, we do. Or we have to press the microphone against my wall so people can yeah. hear what I, what I live with in the Bronx. Stop giving the listeners silence. It's, it's just, it's not silent to us. I know, but they probably can't hear it. All right. Well, now um, we are, the show is on it's, mini hiatus. Yeah. Just their little, Mar- it's March, nobody watches TV. Time. They said until April. Okay. So. Um, in the meantime. Big announcement. Bonus content. Yes. What kind of bonus are they getting? They are getting our first movie commentary. Yes. Now, we really wanted to do Beastly, and I didn't have the time to go find a bootleg copy of it. Uh, there's still hope for that. I just need to take the subway on the Bronx. There's always the, the woman that, walking around. Or and, when it comes out on DVD, we'll still do it. Or on DVD, we'll do it. We'll do it. It's yeah. not like... Right, all right. It's, it will still be there. As long as the, wor- the world doesn't blow up by the time it comes out, yeah. we will have a chance. So in its place, since there's no Glee next week. There is another Vanessa Hudgens vehicle, which we are going to tackle. <laughs> that would be High School Musical. Which I've never, I've seen the first 10 minutes of it, and that's it. So this is going to be fun. I've seen it a, a ton of times. I own it. I, mm-hmm. I like High School Musical. For me, this will be a first experience with High School Musical. Yeah. And um, so we're going to record that commentary track and release that for you next week in place of okay. Gleecast. Excitement. In uh, the meantime, send us feedback at Gleecast uh, with, at, a, with at K at gmail.com. Visit our forums at palaver.com. That's P-A-L-A-V-R.com. Uh, go listen to all the other great shows over there and yep. elsewhere in the world. Um, read Erica's blog over at knitsasmallworld.com with a K with a K a silent K N-I-T-S smallworld.com keep going uh, read mine over at deadlydollshouse.blogspot.com uh, follow us on Twitter follow us on Twitter I'm at deadlydolls I'm at Erica's name uh, treat the birds right don't let the songs inspire you to go slaughter people um, and namaste uh, see, see you soon. Bye.